0: This foundation is important. So last week we said man has three parts from First Thessalonians 5, 23. Man has three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. And then there are three types of people. We have the spiritual people or right, we have the canal people and then we have the natural people. And then we said there are three levels of spiritual growth. Babyhood, childhood, adulthood. We'll, we'll run through them Again briefly, and then we'll get it right. But first second Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and then the 16th verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. So it says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man, our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So, Paul is saying we don't lose heart, even though the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So, Paul says there's a man on the outside and then there's a man on the inside. First Peter chapter 3, and then the fifth verse of first third three. First third three. So Peter says something similar to Paul. Notice Paul called it an inward man. 1 Peter chapter 3 and then verse 5. Paul says, in this manner, verse 3, please. Verse 3, I think we're going to 4, so read 3. All right. So it says, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing of gold, putting on of apparel. It was saying, don't let that be the focus. Verse 4. Yes, that's where we're going. It says, rather let it be who now? The hidden person of the heart. Regular King James, so that everybody could see that. Regular, normal King James. Alright, thank you. So, let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, a great price. I want you to see something here. Paul is, it was, I mean, Peter here was addressing the women and say, hey, don't get carried away with the external. He didn't say it's bad, but don't let that be your focus. He now says, but let it be, focus more on, he called it uh, name, focus more on the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit which in the sight of God is a great price so in the inner man is the spirit so he's saying while you're busy adorning the external man with jewelry and hair and great clothes adorn your spirit with meekness and quietness so it means that The internal man, as far as Peter and Paul are concerned, hidden man of the heart, he says, inner man, Paul calls it in Second Corinthians, that should be who I give my greatest attention. The hidden man of the heart. We'll do a bit of illustration again, and then we'll get this thing. But man is spirit, soul, body. We're going to read something in Luke 16, 16. Luke chapter 8, verse 4. Alright. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spoke by what did he speak by? Parable. Alright. Luke 12, 16. What does it say there? Let's read together. once to go. And he spoke by what? A parable unto them. Saying, men. So, parable. Um, Luke 13, verse 6. And he spoke also what? This parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted the vineyard. Alright, so I'm, I'm going somewhere. Um... Someone had asked the question before, so I'm answering just in case someone else might have the same question. Uh, Luke Luke, um, 15.3. And he spoke this parable unto them, saying, so, I'm I'm saying all that because I want us to read something that is not a parable. And like I said, someone asked, and I'm saying, okay, maybe someone else might have the same question. So let's let's answer everybody all together. So now Luke 16 from verse 19. So there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and feared sumptuously. So certain means it was real, it happened, true life story. Um, If it was a parable, they would have written as usual, he spoke a parable about the kingdom, he spoke a parable about prayer, he spoke a parable. This this, um, didn't have that. So, like I said, I was asked the question once, so, well, more than that, you know, but just in case anybody has it, so I answer that this is true life story, not a parable. All right, there was a certain rich man that was clothed in purple, fine linen, and he feared sumptuously, ate wonderfully. Let's let's go on. And there was a certain beggar, certain, again, accurate, someone he lived, all right, named Lazarus, that was laid at the rich man's gate, and he was full of sores all over his body. Right, and Lazarus was desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, and the rich man also died and he was buried. All right, and in hell the rich man lifted up his eyes and, being in torment, he sees Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. So, uh, I'll need to. I know we know it. We've heard this thing from like Sunday school. But we break it down as we go. One major reality here, stark reality, especially for our generation, is that your earthly status is not equal to your spiritual standing. We we need to get that. All right? My earthly status is not equal to my spiritual standing. All right? So we could go online, all right, read about the rich guys, rich guys, rich guys, and it's great, they're rich. But if none of them is born again, it means once they die, they're going to hell. That's one very stark reality our generation has to face. Because we've started arguing over Jeff Bezos and everybody else. But the question is, are they even born again? Because when they are done in this life, done on this earth, if they don't have Jesus, this is them, hell. And God is not weak at sending anybody to hell. But sometimes, when, when we even meet with these kinds of people, you feel they have it all. What do I tell them? Whoever doesn't have Jesus doesn't have anything. It's not just a song. It's a reality. Alright? I love something that happened in the book of Acts. Paul was defending the gospel and I was in front of a king called Agrippa. The Bible said Agrippa, you know, had this, was a fashionable king. He had pomp and pageantry. And Paul said to him, Oh, king Agrippa, I wish you would be like me. A prisoner talking to a king? He said, I wish you'd be like me. Meaning he wasn't carried away by the wealth. He knew all of these things would fly away. We use them here. That's the end. They are useful. Yeah. We get them. here. Yeah. So what we're learning in this series is, I mean, we're going to make money and have a lot of money. Amen. But money is not going to have us. Because once we're done with it, then we'll meet the master face to face. And he will reward us for the things he put in us. For the things he gave to us which many times the pursuit of that money never allows us to do. Never. Monday through Friday or whenever it is, we don't do it. So that's one reality the story tells us. This man is rich, he's fine, he's great. Now, he's not in hell because he's rich. All right? Because the the poor guy, Lazarus, was put in a place called Abraham's bosom. Abraham was a wealthy man, right? Right? iran was rich it wasn't rich it was rich, 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 rich all right david was rich right david dropped everything they needed for the temple so god doesn't have a problem with wealth but it's when the wealth now competes with him it's called mammon when the thing begins to compete with his own place in our lives his own place all right that's when it's a problem god doesn't have a problem with money god blesses people with money he blesses them with prosperity do you understand what I'm saying this morning, please? Alright, is it clear? Alright, now. So, he lifts up his eyes. But it's amazing. Remember, Bible said that the rich man died and he was buried. Then he still lifted up his eyes. That means even when the body has been buried, you have eyes. You're going to get this. He lifted up his eyes, being in tongue. Oh, let's go back to what verse was that? Alright, he died and was buried. 20, 22, 21 Yeah, thank you, twenty-two. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels. He even had escort. A beggar could have escort, meaning spiritually. Someone might not have another person's physical standing in a society, but spiritually carries weight. It's amazing how these realms or dimensions, how they play out. But we want to honor the guy with the money, respect the guy with the car, and all of that, and then this other guy, nah, there's nothing important about him. but you missed the point because that person could have a greater spiritual standing. So this guy who died and then had angelic escorts. All right? um, the rich man also died and pff, buried. I mean, they didn't have anything to add to his story. That means the physical body of the rich man was on the Earth. The physical body of Lazarus was on the earth. All right? So angels obviously carried him, but it wasn't his physical body. Next verse now. So they were both on the earth. All right? The rich man buried also lets you know he had a ceremony. They dug the ground. They put him there. This guy was alive and dogs were already eating up his body. So what do you think happened when he died? All right. And then in hell, he lifted up his eyes being in torment and seeing Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom, 24, he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may, watch this again, he may dip the tip of where? His finger and cool my what? Tongue. How how does a dead body have a tongue? He's dead. They buried him. It means the man on the inside is a complete man. Last week I said that God made man in God's own image, right? And John 4 24 says, God is what? A spirit. So do you think God has eyes? Yes. <laughs> Anybody getting this? God has eyes. God has a hand. God has a tongue. God has fingers. So God is complete as a spirit. So spirits are complete. Is it clear? <laughs> I could rewind, I could slow down. Is it clear? Because sometimes you just think the real man is the body. No, there's, so, there's a man on the inside of that man. And it's a spirit. The physical body might be fat or thin or tall or short. The, but the spirit is not taking up the shape of the body. The spirit is an, is an entity on its own. Is this helping somebody, please? Because he said, tongue, tongue but we just were told that you were buried and it's not a parable. Jesus knows all things so Jesus could say that. It's not a parable. This happened. They said, let him cool my tongue because I'm in torment. Alright? And I mean, Jesus kept talking about the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth and all of that. So it means even people with spirits without bodies and bodies are still on the earth until the resurrection of bodies, they're going to feel something. Now let me say this. Once again, we've, we've left a lot of things to that realm of human human interaction and relationship. Do you think God has emotions? So God can be pleased. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. That means God has feelings. God can think. I know the thoughts I think. To. So all these verses, they just show that God being a spirit, he still has perfect functionality. But because we're human and we have flesh, we think anything that doesn't have flesh is not complete. Don't forget, it was a spirit realm that created this physical world. So that realm is superior to this realm, and they are complete human. They are complete beings. There, <laughs> they have a will. They can think. You understand? Eh? Angels are real, right? Yeah, demons are real. It's just that on the earth, we we have the go because we have a body. So, God functions by now coming into you to function more. And guess what the devil is trying to do to people? Get into them. Because they know if we can get into or get the cooperation of someone that has a body, we can control things. You know? So, you can allow God or you allow the devil. You have the body. Alright? Someone gets you mad and says, I feel like slapping a person. The devil says, feel like you should go better than I feel like. You know, you should have stopped feeling. Do it, man. Do it. Alright? So, he, he knows he can't slap, you know, but he wants to use your hand and get into your head to do it. So we're learning this to see that listen, that there's a there's a separate realm. There's a completely different realm. Oh, I, I, Elisha and his servant, and then the servant said, "Master, we're surrounded." Elisha said, "No, more are they that are with us." And he said, "God, open his eyes." And the young man's eyes were open, and he saw them surrounded by angels. The angels were already there. There's a realm, and it's real. That we don't see it does not mean we deny it. There is a realm that is real. There are angels in this room right here. But they say you don't have to. The word of God is enough for us. The word of God is enough. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so man, man is spirit. He has a soul. He lives in a body. All right. So maybe I skip that and move to this important point I want to give. So once again, I'll borrow. How many people should I borrow now? We'll do three people. Should I use heights? I'll bring you out today. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> come. It will help you shake up. All right. So you need to shake up. All right. One person. Um Nisha, I bring it there too. You don't mind. I like your uh, height and everything. So let's 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 so we need someone in between this this the two heights. <laughs> uh, any volunteer, one more person in between. Someone not as tall as Nii and not as small as Rex. Anybody free volunteer? Okay, can the person be as tall? Or oh, maybe as tall but not um Okay, I fit, anyway, I, I fit, I fit. Okay, I, I still fit, all right, so we're fine, three, all right. Ah. <coughs> hmm, let's, <laughs> would you fit here, honey, we need to move. <laughs> okay, let's, yeah, uh, we'll still, we'll, we'll still, we'll still work with it, all right, thank you. <laughs> Now, so I want you to notice this, please. So let's say spirit, soul, body we would reverse it. We'll, we'll get to a point. The source is also the sustainer. So, question is, where did the body of man come from? So Genesis chapter two, verse seven. Genesis two, verse seven. Just, I mean, we, it's something we know, but let's just see. And the Lord God formed man from where? The dust of gone, and breath into his nostrils the bread of man, and man became a living soul. And I've explained the living soul there. He didn't say so. Living soul. Animals have souls. We are not animals. The study of man is not. Uh, just, I mean, we're not. We're not them. So when when a dog dies and a man dies, it's not the kind of. It's not the same kind of death. Man has a life after that death. All right. Animals. I know some don't like to hear that, but. So God formed man from the dust of the ground. Which part of man did God form from the dust of the ground? It's the body, right? So the source is the sustainer. So if the body came from the ground, the ground is what sustains the body. That's why everything we eat is from the ground. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4, Man shall not live by bread alone. So, but which part of man needs bread? It's the body of man because he came from the ground, so he feeds from the ground. The source is the sustainer. But the spirit is not from the ground. The spirit came from God, so it is only God that can sustain the spirit. Romans chapter 8 and then the 15th verse of Romans 8. Romans 8, 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage against to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. This is a constant cry. But question is, how many of us have said Abba, Father throughout this week? We might not. Because the cry is not coming from the soul. The cry is not coming from the body. The cry is coming from the spirit our spirit is constantly crying abba father daddy 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 to god i might watch netflix from morning to night i might eat while i'm watching it so all i'm doing is entertaining my body and my soul but all the while i'm doing that someone is busy crying daddy daddy i need my daddy i need my daddy he's crying inside but we're busy we're we're not listening but he's busy crying so there's a consistent spirit cry because nothing can. Have you ever been hungry and then you ate and you were still hungry? And then you ate again and you were still hungry. And then you ate and you're hungry. Why? Because this, it wasn't your body that was hungry. It's him. It's. Uh, <laughs> I want something. But then you are trying to fill it up with you. Watch three movies and you were still uncomfortable, frustrated. Who understands what I'm saying? You just were not feeling it because you are trying to use natural, earthly things to satisfy spiritual hunger. And we keep doing that. We know how to achieve more, get more success, get more fame, meet new people. You are trying to, you know, satisfy something. is crying inside you. yearning inside you. But all we know how to do is respond to it on the outside. That's why people could be very successful and they still commit suicide. Because they are trying to use natural, earthly, outward things to quench something going on in them. A comedian could shoot himself in the bathroom. But he made everybody laugh. He's making everybody laugh as an industry. But he's not responding to the joy of the Lord inside him. It's just external. People drink, people smoke. People, you know, do all sorts because satisfaction we've been trained that comes from here. Anybody get in this place? It's here. It's here. So the source is a sustainer. So the spirit in us is crying. Abba, Father, Abba, Abba. That's why sometimes when you get deep into worship, how do you feel? I've missed it. I want more. Somebody's telling you more because this is this is horrible. This guy, right? Like, hey, yeah, that was home! That was home! Give me more! But, time up. We need to go. We've got to go. Time up, time up. Let's do some other thing. Let's go on, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I want more. Because that's his home. The source is the sustainer. You can never sustain spiritual things with earthly natural things. James, James chapter 4. This one is, you know, a bit interesting. James 4 from verse 1. Alright, it says where where comes wars amongst you? Alright, um, it says they come, you know, even your lost. Alright. So there's war amongst your members. You're lost in for stuff. We're going to verse five. So let's just keep reading slowly. It says you lost and you have not, you're coveting. Alright. You kill and you desire to have. You can't have it. You fight and you war, yet you don't have because you do not ask. Verse three now. You ask, but you still don't receive because you're asking wrongly. You want to consume it upon your loss. You see that can, you put your hand on it and say, I receive, I receive, I receive. <laughs> All right, now, once again, God is not against you having a wonderful life. He doesn't like covetousness. Covetousness is you making that thing you really want, you make it an idol. And it happens even in prayer. If I want something, and I pray about it, and I keep praying about it, And I treat God like you can't tell me no. God eventually can say, Go ahead. But he didn't say yes. Bible says he he can answer you according to the idols of your heart. That was the answer you got, not yes from him. Because that's all you want to hear from him. God, it has to be this year. It must be this year. It can be nothing but this year. I mean, I, I teach I teach on how you can be, I mean, I teach a lot on faith and confession, but I tell people you can never confess your way. (laughs) outside god's will you shouldn't some do they try to they do that you know there's a place for faith and confession we're learning that next week and then we'll learn how to be led uh, i mean next month and then how to be led the month after so that the series can build we have to use our words we must speak but at the time you tell yourself i can't speak to counsel something god has said for instance baby jesus was gonna be killed. An angel shows up and says, Carry the baby and the mama, run out of town. Joseph could have stood up and said, Psalm 91, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High." that's the wrong time to quote the verse. You get out. Because you cannot quote a verse to nullify an instruction. You follow the instruction. Alright. So we're gonna learn all these things. So we you know, because some people start telling God, No, this is what your voice says. God said, Leave it alone and go. You know? Anyway. So, source is sustained. So, it says you are consuming because you lost after it. Verse 4. It says you adulterers and adulteresses. If you read this in King James, now, I, I mean, I'm a King James person. I, I started with Revised Standard years back, then I moved to King James later, you know, when I, every preacher in the world uses King James. You know, but then later I realized, okay, you could use others. But So, I understand King James because I read with it. I study with it. So when you read adulterers and adulteresses, if you don't read context, you think he's talking about physical human adultery. But that's not what he's saying. You see You adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that what? Friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whoever therefore is a friend of the world is an enemy of God. So the adultery he's talking about here is not one person to another human being. It's on human being to material substances. Friendship with the world. That was the the adultery in this context. See the next verse. Don't you think that the scripture says in vain the spirit that does what? Dwells in you is lost into what? Envy. There's a spirit in you that is jealous. And what is he jealous for? He wants more of you. But while he's jealous wanting more of you, you are wanting more of the world. But he wants more of you. You want more of the world. So he's jealous. You know, you just give him coffee time. Five minutes or however long it takes to take your coffee. Thanks. You know, however long it takes you take your coffee. And that's all God gets. All God gets. You know the way we do drive-by. You know, you drive, you place your order. Then you keep driving. And then you get your order. And then you drive off. And that's all God gets. Drive-by prayer. You wake up and you do drive-by. Enter the shower, drive-by. Come out of the shower, dress up, drive-by. Drive-by. Okay, God, see you later, God. Drive-by. God says, I want more. You know, we like to sing, I want more of you. God is singing the same song to us every day. Give me more. I want more. Listen, nobody can treat you like him. Nobody can solve your problems like him. Nobody can take you to where you're going in life like him. Nobody can answer you. No, nobody, no, nobody... But if we really believe that nobody can do that for us like him, but then we don't really spend time with him like we should, then we really might not believe it like we do. Did you get that? So let's now switch to TPT. We'll pick it just from the third verse. It's, it's clearer. But without TPT, if you just study King James in context, you see it. The Passion Translation. It says, um, And if you ask... Right, you will receive it for you are asking with, with what? Corrupt motives, seeking only to fulfill your own selfish desires. And many Christians have done that a lot of other But it's fine. It's fine. This is not a um, condemnation verse or something. Verse 4, please. You have become what now? Spiritual adulterers. It's clear here. You have become spiritual adulterers who are having an affair an unholy relationship with who? The world. Don't you know that flirting with the world's values places you at odds with God? Whoever chooses to be the world's friend makes himself God's enemy. So the adultery there, the flirting there is with the world. Like I said two weeks ago, when one new challenge comes out, Christians are jumping into it. It's holy, it's not holy, we don't care. One new this comes out, we must do it. One new that comes out, we want to do it. One new, but relax. What are your values and where are they placed? Who really, you know, whose side really are you on? Now verse 5. I I love verse 5. See this. Does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit that God breathes into our hearts is what? A jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us. This is how the Holy Spirit feels every day. I want more of you. I want more of you. I want more. And the truth is, we can give Him a bit more time. He gave us 24 hours of the day. All right? Two hours of it is not too much. So it says two hours and 24. He gave you 24. You can give him 2. At least you can give him 1. Undivided. 1 hour. Uninterrupted. If you have to split it into 2 or 3, no problem. 30 minutes. But uninterrupted. Even if it's your drive time. And you're driving 15 minutes this way. No radio. No phone call. Just you and me, Lord. Just me. Focused. Just me. There's something about the anointing. you know, And it's not preachers alone that have the anointing. Now, there's an anointing for preaching. But every Christian has the anointing. You find out that the more you focus on him, you start sensing something like an anointing. Your hands, your head, your back. You don't have to be a preacher. It just means that you're building that presence. Because every Christian has it. Every child of God has it. But we're just usually never in that concentrated environment to build it as much as we should. And the anointing knows how to break yokes. So if we build it more, then it breaks more yokes. So I love the verse. It says, does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover? I mean, in some places right now, you have to fight for Sunday morning because football takes Sunday morning. Some games have taken Sunday morning. You have to fight for it. Now, offices can take Sunday morning. Work will take Sunday morning. Anybody can take Sunday morning. You go to church on Sunday morning. Yeah, the answer might be if you can do Saturday night or Sunday night. But some of you, after Sunday morning, you don't go anywhere anymore. So it's gone. It's it's gone. I mean, there's this fast food restaurant in the U.S., Chick-fil-A. They don't open on Sundays. And they're still rich. They don't open on Sundays. Now, once again, I'm not saying don't work on Sunday. That's not the point I'm making. I'm only saying that some people, that's the only spiritual meal they can get in the company of other Christians. Some churches have Saturday evening. Maybe one day we might do that to accommodate those who might work on Sundays. I mean, we had a lot of people here Saturday. Some work on Sunday. Some do. Some are here today who don't come. It's once a week. So, yeah, you could do Saturday evening. So, a person knows I'm working Sunday. I'm in church Saturday. Or you do Sunday evening. So, I work morning. I'm there. So that, because there's something about a physical gathering that online can never take the place of. He said it's where two or three are gathered. It wasn't online. All right? When Jesus built the church, it was physical. There's a lot we can do online. There's a lot. I understand that. But I'm excited when many ministries that are even in the forefront of the online stuff, also when I get to hear some of them say, there's still something about the physical gathering the church needs. So, what they now try to do is house fellowship. All right, smaller, smaller units, um, 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 homogeneous groups. They now build because the believer needs a community. When Peter was arrested in Acts 18, I mean Acts 12, and they were going to kill him, people were praying for him in small pockets in different homes. When they arrested him in Acts of 4 and they released them, they went to a group of people and prayed. There's just that how beautiful it is when brethren dwell together. In unity, there's just something about that thing, even if it's three, four, five of us in the same neighborhood. So, I like it when big churches start doing that because they understand this place. All right. I hope I'm not keeping standing for too long, please. We're preaching together a bit. So, it says, The Spirit in you, I, I really love a verse. You know, it says, He is a jealous lover, He intensely desires to have more and more of us. So, our commitments were giving Him more and more. Amen. You're giving him more and more. We'll give him 30 more minutes and you know, just give him, give him more time. So, body, source, and sustainer. The body is from the ground, it feeds from the ground. The spirit is from God, it feeds from God. The soul is like an interconnector. So, with my body, I communicate with the physical environment. With my spirit, I communicate with spiritual environment, and that's how some are able to deal with demons and devils and you know get into evil associations. Spirit, body. So what the soul does is is a connector. How is education and science and everything built? It's what the body can touch, the five senses. All right, What we can touch, the soul begins to interpret. It burns me. Let's call it hot. It chills. Let's call this cold. Let's, so the soul is interfacing with what the physical environment can do. But what God wants also is that the soul is able to interface... That's why when you pray, God doesn't talk to your soul. God talks to your spirit, but your soul has to interpret what God said so that your body can carry it out. So God speaks to the spirit, not to the mind. But then it could come like a thought. It could come like an idea. Your soul is trying to interpret what did God say? How did God say? Okay, okay, I think that was it then. Sometimes you interpret it wrongly. That's why someone could give a prophecy, and the Bible says, judge the prophecy. It didn't say judge, you know, make the person feel bad. It's simply saying the prophecy was received in the Spirit, but the interpretation of that prophecy can be influenced by the person's understanding. All right? I can, inf- I can, I can wrongly, you know, interpret a prophecy. God could give a prophecy and say, what happened 10 years from now, but I'm excited and say it's happening tomorrow morning. Why? I was, I was excited about it, so I missed I missed the point. So how does the soul feed? Two major things. More than that, but two major things. Information and association. Information, association. Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs 13. Two verses. I just will stay on that that chapter. But two verses. Um, That should be verse 1. Proverbs 13, 1. All right. It says, A wise son will do what? Hear the instructions of a father, but a scorner hates rebuke. So, the more the wise son will hear instructions, what will happen to him? It becomes wiser. What's, it's getting instruction. Instruction. So, the soul needs instruction. It needs instruction. But, verse 30 now, association. This one, most of us know it. Verse 30 of the same chapter, just the 30th verse. Just a minute, just a minute. I was there, I was there, I was there. Almost Nah, not yet. There, all right. No, okay, right thirty, right? Twenty. Thank you. No, chapter thirteen, please. All right. Thirteen twenty. Yeah, good, thank you. He that walks with who? The wise shall be wise, but a friend of companions. What will happen to the person? will be destroyed. He that walks with the wise will be wise, a friend of companions, a companion of fools. So, association. So, information, association. Information, association. So, if I keep exposing this soul to academic information, this person will be brainy. If I keep exposing the soul to music and everything, so it's, the soul is programmable. Very, very programmed. That's how God wired the soul. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. God, why? So we need to get this because at the end of the day, some even get mad and say, um, not, Well, not us. We've not, you know, maybe we'll get larger. You know, you didn't even put food. People are not eating when they come to church. Food is okay, but food is not why they should come to church. <laughs> yeah, but Jesus gave them food. Please read it very well. He gave food to people that had been in the crusade and they were dead till evening. And if they send them home, they're going to die on their way home, they're going to faint. He it said, it's wrong to send these people away on empty stomach. Let us give them food. He never put the food out in the beginning. The food was not the reason. Even when he now gave them the food, they looked for him the next day. Maybe I should read what he now said to them that next day. They say, you're looking for me because you ate. And he did not give them the food. But what we do now in churches is that food becomes a major part of why people should come to church. I'm like, No. Jesus ate in people's homes. So if I come and visit you, I will eat. But the crusade, it was word and word and word. He fed them after three days of word. That's Jesus. And I'm saying that because if I, if I, if I win you from entertainment, if I'm not careful, I need to sustain you how? With entertainment. If I win you with food, I might have to sustain you with food, but if I get your spirit, I got you. If I get this guy, I got you. If I get this guy, this guy has demands. Two of them here. And you have to keep satisfying their demand. But if you get them here, whatever happens out there, these guys are well taught. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind, so the mind is renewable, the soul is programmable. All right, by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. So, I can program my soul, I can program it to start thinking, you know, I can, it can learn as many languages as I want. I can program, I can always program. So, but God is saying, Let's see TPT, this same verse. God is saying, As much as your soul can be programmed, please do it my way. Stop imitating what? The ideas and opinions of a culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So he's saying that. He's saying, hey, you reprogram your mind. Transform how you think. Don't think like the world. Don't think like them. Think like me. But you can't think like God if you don't connect your spirit and your soul together. Okay, so I will skip the rest of this thought. Okay, now let's see that John. John six twenty-five and 27. Let, let's, let's see that John. John 6. So they, they had eaten. These guys had eaten. They were great. They were great. John six twenty-five. Uh, maybe New King James. All right, thank you. And when they found him on the other side, they were looking for him, seriously. (laughs) They said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? (laughs) Next verse, please. Jesus answered and said to them, let's read together, please, go. Jesus answered and said to them, Verily, verily, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and you are filled. So what you are looking for is food. Next verse, caution labor not and i like this one labor not for the meat that perishes but for the meat that endures unto eternal life which the son of man will give to you for him as a father sealed so there's labor and every day we have to labor we have to go to work we'll do everything get better make money so he's not saying don't do that he that does not work should not eat he didn't say don't do that but he's saying that should not be your greatest strive Your greatest strive should be food for the spirit. Greatest drive, greatest drive, food for the spirit, a couple of minutes left. Okay, let's talk about exercise for the spirit, the soul, body, and then we'll end on that today. Exercise. First Timothy 4, 8. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Exercise for the spirit, exercise for the soul, exercise for the body. Alright, thank you. For bodily exercise does what? Profits little. But godliness is profitable unto how many things? Okay. All things. Having promise of a life that now is and going to come. So please, bodily exercise profits. So please, when you can. <laughs> Alright. Because man is spirit, so body, please note this. If you don't handle your body well, it could, it could give up. And the moment the body gives up on you, it affects whatever assignment you were here to accomplish. So, the body is not irrelevant. The body is not useless. Jesus actually paid a price for spirit, soul, body. That's why his own body was also broken. So, your body is needed. Very essential. So, we're not saying all this to now put the body down. We're simply saying of the three, billions are spent here. Billions are spent in the spirit, soul, but usually not the body. Alright? Billions are spent. So, usually... So, for most people, this is what our spirit is like. Our spirit is the smallest... And then our 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 body so big, but God is saying reverse it. Let your spirit and your soul be bigger than your body. First John 4 says greater is he that is in me. That means what's inside you should be bigger than what you look like on the outside. Alright. So is 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 bodily exercise wrong? The answer is no. Is diet wrong? The answer is no. Is everything you're doing to keep your body in shape wrong? No. It says it profits little. If he has said there's no profit in it, then we we'll say, okay, give it up. But it says it profits little. There's a little profit, a little benefit in it. So, take the profits, all right? But I want us to read TBT. Or oh, should we amplify Let's amplify it. Amplify Good. Watch this, guys. For physical training is of some value, useful for a little, but what? godliness and this is why i picked and fight godliness he now puts in brackets spiritual training is useful and of value in everything and in every way for it holds promises of the present life and also for the life to come so in every endeavor every single week of yours are you only working for this life or you have something you're also investing for the life to come so almost everything we do in our body region is for this life, this earth, this realm. But what we do for our spirits affects us now and affects us in the world to come. So there's physical exercise, whatever it is, physical exercise, doing it every day. But Bible says there's something also called spiritual exercise. So it means we need to learn spiritual exercises. Let me say this, please. Reading your Bible every day might not mean you're exercising your spirit. Reading your Bible every day is a step. But if you read it, watch this, but then you don't act on it, then you are the guy like who ate, but didn't work out. So in James chapter 1 and verse 22, it says, Be hearers of the word, not only hearers, but doers also. All right, James one twenty-two. All right, thank you but be doers of the word obey the message not merely listeners to it it says if you do that you are betraying yourself into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth so if I read the Bible and all I'm doing is read the Bible and the Bible is giving me instruction and I'm not listening to them it says you're deceiving yourself stop doing that because some say well if I read my Bible then I'm growing spiritually maybe not you might even be fasting and you're not growing spiritually because all of your fast is because of something you're looking for that's all your fast is about. I want this God, I want a new job, God I want this, I want I want, I want, I want I want. Those kinds of fasts usually don't grow spiritually. They get what you're looking for for you. You now have everything but you're not growing. Acts chapter 2016, 2416, 2016 Let's see no 2416, please. 24:16. Thank you. Good. Therefore, I always this is a spiritual exercise. Therefore, I always exercise and discipline myself, modifying my body, deadening my carnal affections, bodily appetites. Okay, I know it's a bit long, it's amplified. What is that? It's endeavoring in all respects to have a clear, unshaking, and what? Blameless conscience, void of offense towards God and man. Paul says this is an exercise. To so always declare my conscience. Claim my conscience. Claim, and he says, toward God and man. Claim my conscience not tell you how I feel. <laughs> I can tell you how I feel, like someone said. You know, you give someone a piece of your mind, and another person give you, a, after a while you don't have anything left in your mind, because give giving everybody pieces. All right. So it's not that. So I can say, I'm clearing my conscience. He's saying, no. Clear your conscience. Watch this, watch this. Clear your conscience. Don't have anything in the, against them. But I'm, 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 I'm impressed with, he said, toward God. Yeah, because people also are offended toward God. God, I asked for something you didn't give it to me. God, I don't know why my sister died. God, I don't know why my uncle. God, I don't understand why. God, I prayed about this. It didn't happen when. And then they are offended towards God. Paul says, no, exercise yourself to be void of offense toward God, toward man. Exercise. That means this is spiritual exercise. I'm not going to have anything against God. I don't have anything against man. I don't have anything against God. I don't have anything. It's not going to be easy. But it's, so it's, this is more difficult than just fasting and prayer. It's an exercise. And this will build our spirits. This will build our spirits. So I could end there. So pick up a few. Okay? So there's exercise for the body, exercise for the mind. We've seen Romans 2 already. Because you could do emotional intelligence, social networking, business academic, you know, development. You could do a lot of that. But God says, also put my word in your mind. Yeah, we'll skip. Good time. Let's close. So three things. What should I do with my spirit? I should feed my spirit. Say feed my spirit. All right. What should I do with my mind? I should reprogram my mind or renew my mind. All right, then my body, I need to put it on there. Okay, let's see that. One. First Corinthians, and then we're done. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-four. First Corinthians nine twenty-four. Um, okay, let's go here from my five. maybe New King James. New King James. First Corinthians nine from twenty-four. Okay, it says, do you not know that those that run in a race, everybody runs, but how many people win the prize? One. Only one person wins the prize. So it says, run in such a way that you're going to obtain the prize. Verse 25. Everyone who competes for the prize is what? self control That's NLT. Um, Something more. Thank you. All athletes, thank you. All athletes practice strict what? self-control, what you can eat, what you should not eat, what you should, alright, so all that is practice strict self-control they do it to win a prize that will do what? Fade away but we do it for what? An eternal prize I mean even if you do well in whatever you are and they put all the plaques on your wall none of those plaques are going to heaven, they are great it shows your human achievements, they built a statue for you, great, 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 great but I don't know, do you have a statue in heaven? I don't know are you going to get a crown or get face cap when you get to heaven? <laughs> you know, So what are you going to get when you get to heaven? I'm saying that because every day, and it's okay, every day, every day, do what you can all right, to have a great life here. But while you're doing that, remind yourself, after this life, there's a next life. Do I have investments in the next life? Am I just having investments here? Do I have investments there? All right? I'm still going to teach us more on how to have those investments. But I need to have those investments. So when I'm done here, I shouldn't be like the rich guy who was rich on earth and broke in heaven. I don't want to be like Lazarus who was broke on earth and then okay in heaven. I won't be like Abraham, who was rich on both sides. I'll be like David, who was rich on both sides. I mean, he was so rich on the earth, fulfilled his purpose, and then Jesus came calling himself the son of David. I, I like, I like, I want both. We can have both. We have examples in the Bible that show us both. Joseph fulfilled his purpose. He did his job. I want to do both. I don't want to be like the rich guy. I don't want to be like Lazarus. None of them, mm, not good for us. But I want to have both. But it means I must be conscious of a spiritual investment. Every day. And that's how we gave the book last week to all of us that were in church. All right, so we'll give everybody that once again today. So, I mean, let's, let's read on how to grow spiritually. And then... All athletes practice street self-control. We do it. You have exams. Anybody ever felt sleepy doing an exam and you still have to keep yourself awake? Right? Or you want to watch a movie and then you're still awake. You've been there too. But the moment you say, I want to pray, it's if like they start blowing one cool breeze. Alright? You understand that thing, right? Or you pick a book you want to read. a spiritual book. And then you woke up, you didn't know where you put the book anymore. You had you had road somewhere. It's gone. But when it comes to natural things, you know we know what to do. Self-control. Self-control. I have to ace that exam. I have to get that, that thing ready. I have to self-control. But everything we're doing it for, after a while, will fade. It will fade. He said, but you need to also go for the one that will never fade. That is eternal. All right. Um, next verse, please. So it says, I run straight to the goal with what? Purpose in every step. I'm not like a boxer who misses... Oh, man, this guy's solid. I'm not like a boxer missing my punches. I discipline my body like an athlete. Training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I might be what? Disqualified. So what do we do with our bodies? This is a, you putting down like an athlete. You train it. You say, okay, we're going to read 30 minutes now. I know you're feeling sleepy. We're going to read. We're going to read. Then you feel sleepy. Okay, I think I doze off for like 10 minutes. So I'm going to add that 10 minutes. If you sleep off again, we're going to add it. All right, we're going to add it. We're going to add it. And then you keep doing that so that your body can gradually start listening to the command of your spirit. So spiritual development is when our bodies can listen to the commandment of the spirit. The spirit says, we're going to pray. The body says, "We are." Uh, yes, boss. The Spirit says, we're fasting today. body says, yes boss. The Spirit says, we're worshipping God and we're lifting up our hands and we're closing our eyes. body says, but I want to look, I want to know. The Spirit says, the Spirit says. Most times what we have is a reverse. The body says we want to sleep. We sleep. The body says it's time to eat or not fasting till 6. Then we, So, most times it's this tip we have. We're here. The body says this one we want. I'm going to get it. But God says, no, reverse it. That's the boss. The spirit has to be boss. Until your spirit now becomes big inside than you have on your bodies. So you tone it down. You have to tell yourself, how long am I spending on social media today? Okay, cut, 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 cut. How much am I spending watching football? I know there's, I'm just saying, it's not UFO or any, I don't know, there might be, okay. There's something, okay, Formula One, car racing. Alright, so how much, so you say, okay, um, I want to do this thing, cut, 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 cut. There's the day you watch the five games if you want to, but there's the other day you say, I didn't pray well yesterday. I should pray a bit today. I should pray a little more today. Because if I don't feed this guy, don't forget, someone inside me is crying, Abba, Father. Someone inside me is jealous and saying, I want more. I want more. So I hope this is helpful today. All right. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. Praise God. All right. So we'll keep learning this. So what do I do in my spirit? I feed it. Exercise it. What do I do? My body, or right, I give it information, association. Yeah, I relate with people, I do all that, but I make sure it's in a godly direction also. But what do I do? With my body, put it under, put it under, put it under, put it under. I put it in check. The body mustn't always be the one telling me what to do. The body's not boss. The body's not boss. Paul says, I put my body under, I bring it into subjection, I discipline my body like an athlete. Right, we've done it for academic reasons, guys. We've done it for sports reasons. There are people who I mean the weather is fine right now, everybody's out there. But there are people who when it was cold, you still see them not miss their morning jog or evening run or something. They they did it, it wasn't comfortable. I'm sure they also felt like sleeping or rest. It's cold, it's cold, but then they are out there doing it. So it says we've done it for natural reasons, we've done it for social reasons, you know, but it's time to do it for spiritual reasons, time to say, buddy, line up. It's not gonna be easy. If you make a mistake, please don't condemn yourself. Just get up again and move on. Get up again and move on. So there's a book we're reading for the month. It's free for everyone. Um, please let me get a copy. Let me, you know, It's titled um, Growing Up Spiritually. No, you could get some. Just hold some with you in case uh, some people might need that. Um, so if you were not around last Sunday, you might want a copy. It's, it's free. Okay, please raise your hand. Um, thank you. Yeah, there's, there's, um, okay. Um, so two more. Yeah, two more. Thank you. Yeah, here this, um, the person in blue, and then the lady in, in the dress. Yeah, him. Thank you. Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, now the, the book is all about spiritual growth. And like I said last week, sincerely... Now, I know, and I'm not going to actually... Oh, did you read it? No. all right. Um, Or if you read it? No. No pressures. But I I feel we're being encouraged and possibly challenged... Okay, to now say, I'm going to make out more time for spiritual things. Um, I'm going to do that. Because in the next months and years, guys... A number of us will be in very sensitive places in the kingdom, on earth... Achieving big things for God... God wants to know when you're there that I have someone there. I have somebody there. I have my man there. I have my lady there. They can change the policies there for us. They can, and like I said some weeks back, this thing's all about people influencing things. All right? So we could fight, for instance, like I said the other day, we could fight Disney and say, but forget about Disney. Right here in London, Ontario, there are funny things going on. There are policies already happening from Ottawa. There are things happening there are policies every day. All right? There are people sponsoring bills. In America, they, they lobby for bills. They push it. They fight it. And if you follow the news, you see this state is happy. They didn't allow this. Other state is shouting this. And everybody's fighting different things. But where are God's own people in all those places of influence? Because God needs that influence. There's a man in the Bible. He wasn't, we didn't see him... All the world, Jesus was in the boat. And we didn't see him. We never heard of him. But when Jesus died, he showed up. Joseph of Arimathea. Bible said he had influence. And he could go to Pilate and demand for the body of Jesus Christ. Wow. That's the kind of influence. Kingdom. He had it in the world. But it was useful for the kingdom. Because the disciples would have been arrested if they showed up. They ran their way. But someone had built it. All right. But if we build it by compromise, at that time, we won't be able to ask for it because we compromised our way there. If we build it by doing many other things, we might not be able to get it. All right. So it's a spiritual growth month, and we're going to be challenged a lot by this. All right. So please read. No pressures once again. But I'm going to encourage us a lot more next week. And maybe we'll pick a few chapters or places and say, okay, did you read this? Did you understand this? Did you get it? Glory to God. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you praise. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. Thank you because your word is always true. Thank you because of your intention for us. It's, your intention for us is to have best of both worlds. Thank you because you're teaching us and leading us in this direction to be strong, to be effective, not only in natural things, but in spiritual things. Thank you because we have a great week, a week filled with favor, a week filled with opportunities, A week filled with increase. I agree with everyone here today, and I declare that all is well. All is well. All is well. I say that everything is turning together for your good. I declare your steps are ordered this week. There's clarity for you this week, and you win in every way. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. All right.